Blog Talk Radio. There's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird pick a young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue of storing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one. Company, Sasquatch Coffee. Have you tried it yet? It's not just a cool idea. It's it's really good coffee. So go to www.squatchcoffee.com to check it out and get your. Um, we actually have samples for a buck on there, so uh, you can get, try uh, a couple different varieties there and uh, see if it's uh, up your alley. So um, spent the weekend out with uh, Friday night. Went out with Shane and. Uh, our buddy Larry and uh, Cody up in Washington in the uh, beautiful area by Mount Adams um, and uh, had a great time. Um, I you know, didn't, didn't uh, have anything really squatchy that happened, but uh, it was a good time. So, and with me as always is my good friend and awesome Bigfoot researcher, Shane Corson. Good hey, afternoon, Shane. Good afternoon. Uh, how are things going on your end? Really good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, you know, I was mentioning our our trip out to uh, Mount Adams area this weekend, and uh, oh yeah, that was uh, kick ass. Um, you know, I was uh, I was still recovering from uh, having my gallbladder removed. So, but mm-hmm. uh, oh, you did yeah, fantastic. Had, it was. We hiked in five miles with uh, heavy packs and uh, and uh, spent the night in an area where there's been some interesting activity. So, um, didn't, didn't you know? We had some weird, some uh, heard some weird thumping, but that didn't mean any. You know, could have been anything. I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, a few oddities. Uh, nothing that really stood out. 
but uh, what an absolutely beautiful area. We had perfect weather, and uh, we found um, fresh uh, bear scat. We found cougar scat. Um, trees have been scraped up by, you know, probably bear, and just the whole area. The, the, it was just, it was um, phenomenal, and our uh, our guide, Cody, led us into this area, just a really nice guy, outdoorsy guy, hunter and whatnot, and, um, you know, it was nice being out there with him since he's had some some strange occurrences out there. And, uh, yeah, it was just a fantastic yeah. time out uh, and a good hike. It was, it was, and uh, uh, yeah, we had a little bit of a uh, incident with uh, a tick. Um, oh yeah, that, uh, attacked attached itself to to Cody and uh, Doctor Larry, otherwise known as Doctor Feelgood, uh, was able to extract the tick in its, uh, the whole thing. And so, um, and it's weird cause I, you know, then, then there was a tick that jumped on him while, while Larry's in the process of removing the first one. And, uh, we all, of course, then, then we were all uh, checking each other for ticks, which, you know, isn't something, uh, that a lot of guys will admit, but, uh, well, certain, what was nice. Certain area, <laughs> yeah. Wasn't, yeah. <laughs> what was nice so was, was, um, you know, one of the things, you know, you're not supposed to, uh, uh, you know, apparently is, is uh, torch them with a lighter or burn them off. And luckily in my DNA kit that I always carry with me, I had a pair of uh, tweezers. And uh, um, Larry managed to get right on the head of this thing and yank it out. And uh, the whole thing came out. So, uh, you know, and it was probably on there a limited amount of time. And Cody was leading us in. So I think that tick was probably on uh, some high grass or possibly a pine because, uh, you know, when we got off trail a little bit, it was you're going through heavy brush and stuff. And so, yeah, thank God we, we had Larry and a pair of tweezers. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was uh, exciting. So certain areas uh, of personal, we, we decided that uh, each man was for on, you know, left to himself to check certain areas. So um, <laughs> things didn't get too out of hand up there. I, yeah. I actually slept outside of the tent. It was so warm that I... I didn't even use my tent. I slept on a, my camp pad, and and it was a beautiful night. Uh, had a great time, and and then you, then uh, last night uh, I met uh, Larry up in uh, in uh, our research area, and Jess was up there her far, first time out since she had her uh, unfortunate accident, and then uh, Susan, my, my lady friend, went with me, so we had a good time. Uh, again, we don't, it was a quiet night last night. Um, you know, some some kind of vague stuff, uh, a possible whistle, some uh, you know branch snaps, but nothing. Definitely no, nothing definitive last night. We did had a good hike um, out this this morning, so it was a very good squatchy weekend. So looking forward to going back to up to Washington sometime and and. Uh, our group is getting ready to to kick some butt um, on some of our ongoing projects uh, for the summer. So very good, uh, and the weather was awesome here in Oregon this weekend too. So we uh, didn't get rained on, uh, and uh, the swatches yeah. must have been off off doing their own thing this weekend. So right, good yeah. time. Well, I mean, uh, I think you know with the the heat and stuff. Uh, you know, some of the areas that we're out in, yeah, there's some water sources, but there's a lot cooler areas to be in than kind of the areas that we uh, 
you know, traversing, you know, up there at Mount Adams, we were up on a bit of a, a hill, and it was very dry, very dry. But we got a little bit lower, and I started noticing moisture and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, um, so it would make sense that, uh, you know, with the heat that, that uh, animals and whatnot would be in a little bit cooler area. Yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, like I said, it was just an absolutely beautiful area. And, uh, of course, we were talking about how it would be cool to walk from that area up to Mount Adams because um, it, it's just nothing but, but woods between uh, where we were at and, and in the mountain. And it would be uh, pretty awesome to yeah. just walk down in there. And, and you and I hiked down that mountainside quite a ways and, it's weird to be out in the woods and actually find piles of uh, cow crap. <laughs> so that's uh, it. Was, there's actually on the, uh, you know, there's wild cows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Not and they had wild bells on them. Yeah, so yeah. you could hear them from a distance at times. But uh, it's it's you know it's funny because our there are bears and and cougars in the area. Apparently, I mean, quite prevalently. Actually, there was a lot of evidence of that. So uh, yeah, there was. You know, yeah, the bells will help keep that sort of uh, that sort of uh, predator away. So we we are uh, working with our first encounter show, and one of our um, we've got one uh, gentleman that's coming on here in the first hour, and then we're going to talk to a, another gentleman in the second half. half excuse me, the second hour, and uh, talk about their encounters and. Uh, mm-hmm. So you you've uh, spoke to Justin quite a bit about his his encounter what give us a little bit of a lead in and to uh what we can expect well, to hear. Yeah, he he's on hold now um but uh you know uh, I'll 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 let him I'll let him go with it but it's an intriguing encounter. Um he seems very honest to me. In fact, I found his encounter in um in, a, in an odd way, and it had nothing to do. It was actually in a fishing forum, and it had by no means wasn't he wasn't reaching out to any um, bigfooters or any bigfoot sort of scenario, uh, but it was uh, in a fishing forum, and and uh, and I thought that was pretty ballsy because he did get attacked in this forum, and people were making fun of him and that. But he's like, you know, I saw what I saw, and I was just curious if other people you know, had seen stuff like this. So uh, I reached out to him, and we uh, eventually. Um, got to chatting on the phone and I asked him to join Monster X and uh, whatnot. So, um, but, uh, you know, very, seems like a very sincere and honest guy. Well, let's go ahead and, uh, bring Justin on and see what, what, uh, I'm excited to hear about his encounters. So. Yeah. Well, he, he's on air now. Hey, Justin, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, right on Justin. Hey, thank you so much for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah. I almost missed you. I got two little monsters of my own running around that. <laughs> Take all the time. <laughs> uh, absolutely, I just no, no, no worries. Yeah. Hey, thank you guys. So, so Justin, tell us, tell us about your a little bit about yourself, your background, and and. Uh, well, I've, I've, uh, I mean, my whole family is pretty much outdoorsy and stuff like that. My grandpa was a county surveyor, so he spent ninety percent of his time in the outdoors. Um. You know, I grew up hunting and fishing and all the stuff that the privileged kids get. And uh, we were, he was, I was about, it was about 15 years ago, 
is when I had my uh, first encounter, and that was um, up on the side of Mount Nikolai in the Saddle Mountain unit out elk hunting. And it was the first year I'd ever been to elk camp with my dad. And uh, we had got up, this was like the second or third day, and we were hitting up a new spot, and my uncle and I were down at the bottom of this this draw, and I mean, it was pretty thick brush and stuff, but um looked like it'd be prime habitat for elk, and we noticed a smell that I was describing to Shane. It could only be like a, a a goat that's been peeing on himself mixed with B.O. I mean, it was it was horrendous. And uh, we figured it was a bull elk, but there was nothing. I mean, there was no sign of anything. There wasn't deer, elk, I mean, no sign, no tracks, nothing. And uh, we really didn't think too much of it. Um, and later on in the day, that was about 8 o'clock in the morning that 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 happened, and then around 11, 11.30, my dad and I were up uh, further up the hill and decided to take a lunch break in the timber patch, and we're sitting on the edge of the the hill there, and we heard some crashing off to the right, and so we both kind of froze, and my dad froze looking at the direction the sound was coming from, and I froze facing straight forward with my eyes scanned over there, and the cow and the calf elk walked out, and completely oblivious to us. And uh, they kind of just kept walking along, and we're watching them, and they're about 30 yards in front of us, like directly in front of me, uh, the way I was facing. And um, we heard some more crashing off the direction that they were coming, so my dad looked back that way, and I kept my eyes on the cow and the calf elk, and from probably, I would say, another 30 yards behind her, um, there was these two big brushing patches, and uh, it came out from right to left and took three steps. And it was about 22 feet between the two of them. So, I mean, it was pretty good stride length. And, I mean, it, I've never seen anything like that before. I'm pretty uh, pretty aware of all the, the animals in the area. I mean, growing up pretty much in the woods. I mean, I graduated up in Toodle and stuff. It's a pretty, pretty small woods town. And, uh Yeah. It, uh, I can't imagine it could be anything else. I mean, the bear was, if it was a bear, it was, it was, a, it was a big bear, and, and it was the most graceful bear on two legs I've ever seen. So um, I didn't uh, didn't really tell anything to my dad but right then and there. I mean, I was still trying to prove to him that I was cool enough to be at elk camp, I guess. So it wasn't actually until a couple months later that I told him about it. So he didn't see it, but so what? Just what what was the distance when you from the the creature well, that I you saw? In, I would say sixty sixty five yards tops. So pretty close. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely close enough. I mean, I it happened too fast to see any real detail. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it was it was apparent. I mean, there was arm swinging. There was I mean, you could see the the full outline of it in the, the short time that I saw it. And then the cow and the calf elk, as soon as that thing ran out, the cow and the calf elk took off um, at a rate of speed I've never seen before. I mean, and, you know, shooting into a, a herd of elk, they take off pretty fast, you know, when you're hunting and stuff. But uh, this was beyond any of that. Um, you could hear them crashing for probably a mile through the timber for what seemed like forever. I mean, it was probably, you could hear them for like probably five minutes, but that was at full speed. And it was, I mean, it was pretty intense. So, so Justin, so you, can you 
Go ahead. From from what you saw, can you describe? You know, did did you see a color of hair? Uh, you, you, yeah. you mentioned it was it was graceful on two legs. I mean, any sort of behavior that stuck out to you? And do you think it was pursuing uh, these elk? Um, well, I mean, the way that it was coming from the same, you know, the right to left was the same way that the cow and the calf elk were coming from. Mm-hmm. And um, it didn't, uh, I mean, the, the cow and the calf still never noticed my dad. They, uh, they had no idea we were there. We were just sitting up against the bank in the pine needles and blending in and just being really still. And, I mean, it was coming from the same direction. So, I mean, I mean, I couldn't say positively, but, I mean, right. that's kind of what it appeared like to me, that it was it was following them. And, I mean, I couldn't imagine it would be real keen on taking down the adult, but, I mean, the, the yearling that was with the cow would probably be pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, it was right to left. It was probably... Like I said, it was about 22 feet. It took three steps. Um, you couldn't... There's no way that you could have saw, like, definition in the tracks. I mean, it was thick pine needles and stuff. But, like I said, we yeah. didn't go up there. I didn't tell my dad. Um, for whatever reason, I have no idea why. But, um, in fact, he, uh, he, we've had many uh, talks late at night out in the shop drinking beer, and he's wondering, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? And, Shit, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was, I would say, like, I mean, it was dark, dark colored. Um, I, if I had to guess, I'd say the hair was probably four inches or so, you know, maybe longer in spots. Um, and in the timber, I mean, it kind of had a, almost like reddish highlights, I guess you could say. Because, I mean, there was, there was a little bit of sunlight filtering through, but not much. Right. Um, but it was, I mean, it was definitely dark colored and it was, it was moving with a purpose. Yeah, um, I imagine, I was, you know, like you say, you, you, you couldn't pick out too many features, but uh, you, could you guesstimate or estimate, you know, a height, and if it, did you see any arms or anything like that? Well, you could see, you could see the arm swinging, um, you know, with every step it took. I mean, you know, they just like a bipedal creature would walk. Um, I would say, you know, this is 15 years ago, everything seems bigger, yeah. I guess, when you're younger, but... um. I would say probably, I don't know, eight, in, in, in about the eight-foot range. If I had to guess, eight-and-a-half-foot maybe. I mean, yeah. it wasn't wasn't no ten-footer like you hear some people talk about and stuff, but, I mean, it was, yeah. it was definitely a good size. Yeah, I mean, eight-foot for if it was a black bear, that's pretty big for a black bear. Yeah, that's unheard of down here. I mean, maybe yeah, Alaska, exactly. you, you see it every now and then, but down here, I mean, it's, you know, five, five-and-a-half-foot is about your normal. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I've seen lots of bear, and you know, it, it, it wasn't a bear. I mean, there's, there's, I, I know, 100% it wasn't a bear. Mm-hmm. Even did, a trained bear could run. Pretty girthy, weight wise. I yeah. mean, could you get a? I mean, did it look heavy? Uh, did it? Did it? Could you tell if it was uh, lean or? Um, it was. I don't know, it wasn't, like, fat or, like, just ginormous, but, I mean, I, I was on a side profile, so, I mean, I, I, did, yeah. I didn't see the, the width of the shoulders or anything like that. But it was it was definitely definitely in shape, that's for sure. I mean, it was it, it was pretty good size. I remember seeing kind of, like, a, like its butt was, like, more defined, I guess you could say, than, like, a human would be or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I mean, it was with all the fur and stuff like that. It's hard to tell anyway. But I mean, it, it's a right. It wasn't little by no means. That's for sure. I mean, I, if I had to guess, I'd probably say it was in the order of six six hundred and fifty pounds. Okay. I mean, just from my angle, so I mean, it was big. Did it ever so, yeah, notice you? Did you? Uh, did how you, old? Uh, I have no idea if, if, it, okay. if it noticed me or not. I couldn't really tell. I mean, we were. It was so fast that I think it was trained on the elk and didn't even realize we were there because they all kind of kind of came up onto where we were at. You know, we were just sitting there eating a sandwich, and uh, and it you know they, and this whole thing happened coming up the the hillside off to our right and then into the little flat area where the timber was at. Gotcha. So, so Justin, how old were you when when you had your encounter? Um, I was fifteen. I had just turned 15. It was my my first year, yeah, at Elk Camp. With I mean, my first year actually actively hunting and stuff. I'd been to, you know I've been up there for a couple days before, but this was the first time I was ever allowed to take some time off school <coughs> to go up there and spend a week. So where exactly? Because it's you you caught me when you were saying Nick mentioned Nikolai Mountain because later. Uh, this summer, my girlfriend and I are, are headed to do a, like a four-day hike. We're going to hike from Nikolai Mountain to Mist Mountain. Like there's a 45-mile yeah. uh, trail in there. So whereabouts um, if, You know where Birkenfeld is? Yep, yep. Okay, if you go through the town of Birkenfeld, um, another couple miles past that, heading west, uh, you'll there's Northrop Creek Road. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go up there, it turns to gravel. Um, there's a horse camp up there. And well, it wasn't a horse camp at the time. It was That was where we where we put the trailer, and, and that's where we uh, base camp from. But now it's a horse camp. And you, anyway, um, that's where we, we base from. And then, you know, from there, we it was only, you know, a, a couple miles on the gravel in any direction um, to where we'd get out and run. And... Uh, They've got it's, it's actually marked now the Northrop Creek uh, horse camp is, and it's I mean they got bathrooms and everything there now. They didn't have that when we were there. So uh, that's cool. But yeah, it's it was pretty intense. That's funny because I've been we were just I was just talking Larry and I were out in the woods today and I was talking about you know our our upcoming hike and stuff and if you go up on on the top of Saddle Mountain and look around and like for me it's like are there squatches out there? Is like how many are out yeah, there? <laughs> exactly. It's it's such a big area, especially from the top of the mountain. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty cool hike in itself. Yeah, it is. But that's and that and it has it has some history there. That's you know, that's oh yeah yeah where uh, Todd Neese had his his encounter. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we, uh, Shane and I were talking about that. Yeah. Did, did I did I catch it? Did you say this was your first encounter? Have you had subsequent um, well, encounters? Well, yeah, I've um, I've had other times. Um, actually, uh, Cody that that uh, Shane was with a couple days ago, he's yeah. a good friend of mine. Um, we actually went to school together in Longview, and uh, it was just kind of coincidence that we, you know, had met and we both had this our our own encounters and stuff. Um, last year, uh, Labor Day weekend, my birthday was on Labor Day, and we uh, we uh, we go every year to uh, Packwood Lake, 
and hike in. And um, this year, three of us, usually we have a pretty big group. There's about 15 of us or so that go. But um, Cody, myself, and our friend Stephen, who he lives in Arizona, but he flew up for this. He flies up for it every year. In fact, I'm the uh, minister at his wedding that's going to be there this year. <laughs> but um, we uh, decided to stay an extra night, so we stayed on through Monday night when everybody else that was ha- was camping up there and stuff had gone home because um, we'd never been up there with nobody. And uh, so we we went out at about 11 o'clock at night and and walked the trail around the lake and stuff. And, you know, Cody and I are both pretty pretty into it and stuff like that and we uh we shouted a couple calls and stuff from across the lake and everything and and then we got one time my steven i don't know where i don't even know where he got where he had this thing stored but uh had this really aggressive sounding call and it actually stood the hair up on the back of your neck standing right next to him and uh from across the lake oh probably a mile mile and a half um there was a real deep Basie guttural, like a boom, came back, and I mean, you, like I was telling Shane, I mean, it's it's a sound that you, you feel more than you hear. <laughs> and being a, a Discovery Channel nerd and all that kind of stuff, growing up and living out, I mean, I've never heard anything like that. There's nothing out there that makes the sound that we heard. I mean, it was it was real, real deep, and we were just kind of like, oh, that was weird. <clears throat> and so we kind of finished up nothing really else, and we got back to camp. But we camp at the, the last camping spot, so it's like four and a half miles to the lake from the parking lot, and then it's another four miles to where we camp at. And um, we were clear back over there at the other end of the lake, and, and uh, Cody and Steven, had, they said, well, we're going to go throw a couple calls off again <laughs> at the end of the night. And um, I was like, well, shit, I'm going to go stoke the fire because it's about dead and... Um, so I'm standing there getting the fire going and got another one of those calls across the lake. And within five, ten seconds tops from behind my tent, the, probably, I mean, it, if I had to guess, probably only 100 yards behind my tent came the same sound, only that, you know, much louder, much closer. Um, and uh, evoked far less sleep. Let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> um I don't think I slept at all that night. What what time did that occur at? That was probably I don't know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. You know, we we all we've all seen the T V shows and stuff like that and how you're supposed to do it and everything and I don't put a whole lot of stock into some of that stuff, but um Yeah. It was it was a sound that I that doesn't belong to anything that I know of out there and I've seen pretty much everything there is to see out there. I mean I didn't know that there was lynx, like a, a good population of lynx down this far south. And I saw the, the, my first lynx probably about uh, eight months ago or so. And then I guess anything's possible, but it's nothing that. Uh, I mean, it was it was it was a strange sound. Yeah, and was there anybody else camping in this area? I mean, were you guys the only ones out there? I mean, I'm we just trying to. to be the only ones. Okay. Just trying to rule out the uh, human. I mean, I guess you can never truly rule out the human element, but uh, no, for what no, you noticed, it's uh, you know, I mean, it was a more or Labor Day, so everybody had uh, up and gone home by you know two, three in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and um, we were the only ones that stayed on through till the next day, and we figured it would be a good opportunity since uh, 
you know, everybody had been gone, if they were going to come in and try to see if there was anything to scavenge, that would be a good time to do it. Ah. So we were kind of trying to set ourselves up for success there, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was intense. Yeah. So other uh, than the I mean, other than the calls that night, was there? I mean, did you have any other kind of activity or? Uh, no, no, we didn't have. That was it. Um, gotcha. But that, it was. It sounds like it was pretty unnerving, anyway. I mean, it's, yeah, it was. Um, it was definitely unnerving. You could say that. It. Uh, yeah. It. Uh, well, Cody and Steven's tents were right next to each other, about sixty yards from mine. You know, when we had a group of people, we had like two little separate camps, and uh, everybody had left, and my tent was the only one in the other camp, and you know, I wasn't going to move everything at two o'clock in the morning, but um, yeah, it made for no sleep that night. That's for sure. Now, 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 uh, Justin, getting a little bit back to your original encounter, um, after you actually told your dad. Uh, you know, what was what, what were his thoughts? Uh, you know, you were, you know, probably feeling, uh, you know, kind of weird telling him, but you did, in fact, tell him. What was what was his thoughts, uh, and uh, did he give you any sort of backing? Did he have anything ever hap- uh, similar to, I mean, had he no, seen or heard yeah. anything? He has never seen or, well, no, he, I take that back. He's a, him and my uncle, the same uncle that we were, we were camping with, where we were hunting with that day, and another spot had a, they were out there kind of getting ready to get back in the rig to stop to stretch their legs and stuff. And a rock flew, you know, a rock probably about the size of a golf ball flew out of nowhere and hit my uncle right up on top of the foot. Um, and he jumps up and down and stuff like that. And they had no idea what the heck happened and how or anything like that. But he's not really, I mean, I wouldn't say skeptic, but he's not a believer for sure. Right. Um, so he, he grills me and 20 questions me every time we talk about it. Right. I don't know if he's trying to find inconsistencies or what he's trying to do, but um, <laughs> it's, it's hard for him to believe that he was there and didn't experience it. Right. I guess that's that that's kind of how it should be, and that's why people get grilled so much. And they, you know, I mean, it's a uh, you saw something he did not. He did experience the crashing and saw the the uh, the elk, but he yeah, did not yeah, witness. And he, he knew that they ran off like a you know like a shot, but. I mean, and completely oblivious uh, to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've talked to him about, you know, and he's like, yeah, that, yeah I guess they kind of did, you know. And I mean, he's like thinking back, you know, that they didn't notice us and then they they took off like that. But, um, yeah, he's he's still kind of skeptical. I mean, he gives me this funny look every time we're talking about it, like he's trying to see through something. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this area, kind of backtracking a little bit, can you describe the area a little bit more too? I mean, uh, what were, what's you know are there water sources abundant? Um, you know, was it coming? It was coming out of the forest down a hill, or and you know, were you guys in sort of a valley? We were we were on like a side hill, um, in a mature timber patch. I think it's been logged since then, which is kind of a bummer. But um, in the when we had the smell in the morning and. Uh, I mean, eerie silence. There wasn't a sound to be made. There was, I mean, chipmunks always yell at you when you're in the woods, and there wasn't nothing. And uh, but that's that's like kind of like the bottom of a drainage. There's a small creek that runs through that and everything. Um, but uh, and then you know every every little little drainage area up there's got water in it. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's temperate rainforest. But uh, right. it, it was, it was. I mean, it was, it was fairly thick. I mean, it, it was like I said, it was mature timber, timber patch. It had been thin before, and it was, I mean, probably five, five, ten years from being logged. Mm-hmm. There was a nice, I mean, it was a nice bed of needles. It was quiet walking. It was comfortable sitting. So, yeah, it was like it was. It was about halfway to the top. I don't know if you've ever been to Mount Nikolai, but up on top there's like microwave towers, or used to be microwave towers or something. I mean, it, it might still be up there. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, and a pretty good view from up there too. You can see Saddle Mountain from there. And, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, one of the. We were, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah, no, go, go for it. I was going to say one of the things you know you just mentioned was the lack of wildlife and the lack of sounds, and that is. That is fairly common with Bigfoot sightings or Bigfoot encounters is this lack of wildlife, lack of sounds that normally you would expect to um, hear or, or, or see wildlife in these areas. And then during a Bigfoot encounter, people often note there was just a void of uh, sound or animal activity around. So that, yeah, that, it was, that's pretty it was interesting. And, I, and we didn't really think about it at the time, but, you know, then later on that night when I'm uh, – laying there in, in my bunk in the trailer and kind of rolling it over in my head um kind of hit me that it was it was eerily quiet i mean there wasn't there wasn't a little tweety bird or nothing mm-hmm. and you know I mean, that's odd especially for the yeah. time of year and the area exactly and, and during my encounter i experienced the same thing the lack of wildlife chip there was just nothing it was so quiet it was eerie and um i didn't we actually did know, you know, I was out with two buddies, and we did note that fact going in. Well, wow, it's awfully quiet out here. Where are the birds and chipmunks and, you know, and everything else you expect to hear? Uh, it was void of that. So something I note down because uh, I've heard this time and time again. It's, you know, it's like this apex predators in the area, and, and the other animals sense it, you know, or something yeah, of that yeah. nature. Yeah, or I don't know if, it's, if it was depleted from, from it being in the area or what, but, yeah, it was it was absolutely quiet. Yeah, and, and and this this you know possible Sasquatch, uh, it, it didn't make any sound or anything. No, I didn't hear a single. I didn't hear its footsteps, nothing. But as soon as I mean, it was halfway across this thing. You know, it was one and a half steps in, and that and the cow elk turned over, looked at it, and bolted. So I mean, there could have been sounds that were covered up by the sound of the elk crash. I don't know. It was all kind of all kind of happened pretty quick. Yeah, and. You know, this is just an impression sort of thing, but do you get any impression if it was a male or female, uh, whatever it was? I mean, I know that's a pretty broad, you know, question. Well, uh, you, mean, didn't, you didn't get any, you didn't see any junk or anything like that, but, you know, no, a lot of people no. report like, they I've got a feeling. That, you know, I've seen the, the Patterson footage and stuff like that, and there was, you know, it's fairly noticeable that that's female. Um, I would have thought that there would have been a little pendulum action if it was female, mm-hmm. but I didn't see any. I mean, it was... It, if I had to guess, it was male. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I was 15 years old. I'd notice poops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Have you was, uh, since Have you since done any research on this area to see if there's been other encounters? I know there has. Uh, it's a, you know, um, pretty uh, historically, it's got a lot of encounters and whatnot. Have you done any research uh, on the area yourself? Justin? Did we lose him? We might have. I don't, yeah, I see. It looks like he dropped off the. I don't see well, if he him. calls back, we'll take him. Yeah. 
maybe what, what you didn't your, want to talk your, about yeah, what, yeah, you didn't want to talk about that. He's like, oh, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts, Gunner? This is your first time hearing this encounter. What are your thoughts? I mean, it, it's, uh, it sounds legit. I mean, that, you know, the it sounds like he saw a, a Sasquatch chasing, chasing down elk, which makes perfect sense. Um, you know, he his de- the detail matches the story, too. He's not, like, adding, you know, he saw – a, a profile view. I mean, um, and uh, yeah, uh, and and so and like so he didn't see the like he mentioned he didn't see how broad the shoulders are, which is very much in alignment with uh, you know what you would expect if if you saw in a brief like four second you know four or five second mm-hmm. encounter, and it was and it was a you're looking at it from the side you wouldn't get that. How wide is the are the shoulders and stuff? So, I mean, it's right. It, it's an interesting, and I mean, not you know, of course, it it. Uh, I'm stoked because I, of course, part of uh, our hike from uh, Nikolai Mountain, we're going to be, of course, looking for. We'll be doing some squatching on our way through there. So, but that yeah. is uh, very very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Justin's back with us. Uh, Justin, are you there? Yeah, sorry about that. My phone died. Oh, no, 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 no problem. Justin, uh, you know, since that encounter, did it at the time and subsequently after? You know, what kind of what did that do to your mind? Did it make you afraid to go to the woods, uh, or were you just you know just inquisitive? What did that do to your mind? Well, I mean, I was there for a long time. I mean, I, I was I was kind of nervous to go by myself, but like. I mean, I didn't. I didn't feel threatened during this encounter. Um, I suppose it would be different if I had. No, it just sparked a curiosity in me that, you know, I mean, well, it confirmed a curiosity, I guess you could say. It. Uh, I mean, even even to this day, I mean, I'm 30 years old, and I mean, I still get the feeling occasionally that you know something's watching me and stuff, like anybody. But uh, no, I mean, I'm not afraid to go in the woods. Um, I really don't want to see one face to face by myself without backup, you know. <clears throat> but uh, no, I it, like I said, it, it it wasn't it wasn't threatening at all. It was maybe to the elk it was, but it wasn't to me. Right. And um, it uh, yeah, it, it 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 makes you think twice, though. Yeah. I mean, there's there's sometimes where I get a feeling, and then your kind of your senses get heightened, and every little bird flicking their wings or something is get your attention, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, it, uh, it, it, it kind of makes me smile sometimes when I'm out there, though, you know? Yeah, right. And does it, uh, I mean, does it bog your mind that these things could be out there, or is that, like, not such a boggle for you that you, you find it very, um, reasonable with the areas and the amount of, the abundance of terrain and, and resources? Do you think it, it's very possible oh, yeah. that you, yeah. I mean, I could go out in the woods and you couldn't find me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, I, and I'm not built for that, I guess you'd say. But if, but yeah. if I wanted to be not found, I could go out there and you couldn't find me. I and mean, it wouldn't be that difficult. There's so much area. People are like, oh, somebody would stumble upon it. But, I mean, there's so much area that I've never seen foot track, you know, footprints or anything mm-hmm. by humans. I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it's that hard to wrap your, your mind around as long as you just keep an open mind. I mean, right. look at in look at the bonobos. 
I mean, they didn't didn't know the bonobos existed, and all of a sudden, bam! There's like five five thousand of them that they found in the Congo or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's not. I mean, that's a large ape. It's a big family group. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just like little pods here and there. I mean, that's, that's like a city. And yeah, uh, I mean, if that can go so long without being discovered, I mean, why couldn't it? Right, and and I would presume Sasquatch is is um, a bit more intelligent than the bonobo or some of these. Oh other, yeah, yeah. More specialized, I would say. I mean, because mm-hmm. I mean, cause, I mean bonobos, well, yeah, like chimpanzees and stuff. They use tools and everything, but I mean, I don't think Bigfoot makes fire. I don't, you know, I don't think that yeah. there's a hairy man out there that you know knows everything that we know, kind of thing. But I mean, they probably know a lot of things we don't know. Yeah, I mean, very astute to its environment and uh well, yeah. and, and, and you know, um could probably do it at size and strength and travel great distances and whatnot and go to remote areas that uh humans just don't go and, and uh you know, I mean, when you saw this thing, were you ready to take a picture of it? I mean, you weren't worried. Oh hell no. No, no I'm close. No, you weren't expecting it. Yeah. And it wasn't like a you know, a, a a three-minute encounter, a five-minute encounter. To me. I mean, it was just, it popped in and out, and you were just shocked by what you were yeah. looking at. Oh, yeah. And you weren't, uh, you probably weren't even thinking about taking a picture, were you? Well, back then, there wasn't, I mean, if you had a camera, you had to go get your film developed and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it wasn't right. like you had a, a camera on your cell phone. You carried mm-hmm. a cell phone in there, you were crazy, because it weighed about 15 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was, yeah, it, it wasn't, I mean, nowadays, there's so much more technology that it's easier but then again, everybody's skeptic of that, too. I mean, how come, how come the video is always shaky? Well, I mean, come on, you just had an encounter with a Bigfoot. You think your hands are going to not shake? I mean, <laughs> Great point. I, I, was, I, was, I was watching the video the other day, actually. It was a, a woman that was filming one pacing or something. And it was on one of the uh, one of the Bigfoot forums on Facebook. And, um, and it was totally still. Like this, but she was holding the camera totally still, and it was. Um, I mean, she zoomed in, and I don't know about you guys, but I can't get it to stay still, zoomed in at all on anything. Unless it's on a tripod or something. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's the same thing with thermals. You know, yeah, I, I use I use thermal equipment a lot, and and it, you know, unless I have it on a tripod, it it's shaking. Uh, you know, you don't think at the time sometimes you're shaking, but you are. Oh yeah. yeah even like I said, even if you're not having an encounter, I mean, there's going to be some shaking involved. So, I mean, right. it, it doesn't surprise me that there's not definitive, clear footage that's not vibrating all over the place. Because, I mean, who packed the tripod around with them and set it up just in case one walks through this area? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, it's yeah. Not, uh, um, I occasionally do if I'm using a therm, um, but we're talking about oh, nighttime. Yeah. And, and you're you're basically um, a needle in a haystack sort of scenario. And you, if you get lucky, you do. And if you don't, well, chances are you're not going to. You'll probably catch... A coyote or a deer, but you know, a lot of times I don't take a tripod out there, and yeah. uh, you know, it, uh, a lot of times with reports, you know, I mean, even nowadays, you know, people have cell, you know, the argument is, well, people have cell phones and cameras, and how come we don't have one? Well, I, I think you just stated it perfectly. Usually, you're caught off guard, and it happens when you least yeah. expect it. And even if you catch something, it's going to be shaky, and it's going to be sh- so short, you'll probably get a, a a blob or a blur. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, even with the best cell phone cameras, it's still going to happen. I mean, the frame rate's not like, you know, all this, you know, I don't know. It's just people are so so quick to to, uh, to debunk things, you know, and I'm, when I look at stuff, and I'm not, 
know, I, I may not be able to say that it's legit, but at the same time, like, I think everything's somewhat credible, unless you know otherwise. The way I look mm-hmm. at it, I mean, it's a good possibility. I'm like, well, that, that looks fake, or that looks photoshopped. Well, you know, I mean, I've been, I've seen stuff that looks photoshopped in real life, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you pro- now? Now, now that you, I mean, you're a seasoned hunter now, and and you you know you're a woodsman and whatnot. Do you uh, take any steps when you're out in the woods now to you know possibly you know uh, you know ca- you know take evidence or, or photograph or anything like that now in case it you know per- happens again? Well, I mean, I've I mean when I'm out hunting and stuff like that, or I'm out hiking, I'm horrible at taking pictures, like. Everybody takes all the pictures of their family stuff. I I forget. I'm I'm mm-hmm. too into the moment and stuff like that. <laughs> um, you know, I don't want to stop what I'm doing just to take pictures when I can be having fun doing what I'm doing. I mean, so I don't I don't pack a camera around with me. Um, I have my cell phone. It's about half the time it's it's on. The other half the time it's probably not. Um, because I don't when I'm out there doing stuff like that. I don't want to have yeah, people calling me and stuff. It's my right. Thing. You know, it's kind of yeah. like uh, like when I'm out fishing. It's like meditation. Um, but I do carry in my backpack, um, I do carry about a half dozen Ziplocs, um, at all times. In fact, I yelled at Cody for that when he was talking about his, his, uh, scat that he found, and mm-hmm. I was like, you didn't collect anything? He's like, I didn't have anything to collect anything with. I'm like, well, Ziplocs are light. You know, I mean, hell, anything is better than nothing. Right. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah and, and, and the scat. The scat that we had found out there, I mean, there was definitely some scat out there that was, de- I mean, I had no doubt it was bear. And then yeah. um, the samples he sent me, they just looked different than the bear scat. The same grassy substance and, and some other things that looked, you know, I'm, I'm not rolling out bear by no means. Very well could be a bear because there's obviously a bear in that area. But uh, yeah. there were some anomalies like the size of the logs, as I'll describe them, that were rather large that I've not seen uh, yeah, bear was, but like I can't pull it out. Is- yeah, 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 exactly. And this time of year, you know, you know, it's, you know, I would imagine if Sasquatch are in these areas, they're eating very much along the lines of what a bear would eat. You know, grass, oh, and yeah. berries, and yeah, it's what's available. Know. They're omnivores. It's yeah, exactly. I mean, um, you know, and with the bear scat, you could you could see. I mean, there was a, a, a really fresh uh, pile there that uh, you know I, I couldn't definitely say it was bear, but it looked bear like and. Um, it was there was grass in it and um, and whatnot and you know we, I found uh, wild strawberries up there and some other stuff and um, yeah salmon berries think, are coming on they're starting to come on now yeah I mean these bears you know black bears don't are not true hibernators you know they don't hibernate per se yeah uh, yeah, yeah they'll get up and, and forage and whatnot but uh, this is the time they start fattening up and trying to get out there and eat and whatnot um, <clears throat> and so in in the bear scat, I did see, you know, grass and stuff. And in this um, slightly unusual scat, rather large, I saw a lot of similarities there. And it was dark. And so, you know, I don't know. I'm going to have it analyzed. So you, you know, you can't really pull DNA from scat, but you can you can analyze and kind of rule out some stuff and rule in some stuff, sort of scenario. Yeah, yeah. It just adds to the to the collection pretty much. Exactly. You know, so... Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah would that was just, that, like, I would imagine it eats the same thing as a bear because the bear is pretty much the only omnivorous animal that's out there, you know, other than humans. Oh, it definitely like wasn't cat scat. Yeah, I mean, it definitely yeah, wasn't cougar yeah. scat because well, I actually did find some cougar scat out there. It was partially buried, 
And uh, yeah. the reason I found it was because I saw some uh, what looked like a cat scratching post or something of that nature. And I started looking around and I saw this little pile and I saw something sticking out of this pile and I dug at it and I found uh, definite cat scat, you know, cougar scat. Yeah. And uh, it was rather large, must have been a pretty good sized cat. But uh, um, yeah, so, uh, but nothing like the, the, the scat that was found in that area. Yeah, so Cody, when he, when he came back from going up there with his buddy a couple weeks ago, he had sent me he sent me all the pictures and stuff that he had in the video of the the knocks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say that, uh, you know, with the knocks and stuff, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell, but... Um, right. I think it's good for him, though, because he'll, uh, he'll learn to be more prepared next time. I mean, he's been planning this for a long time. It just it was kind of all the last minute packing and getting everything rounded up. Mm-hmm. But uh, now and, he knows what he should bring. Right, right. Yeah, he's a little bit better prepared. He's very enthusiastic, and and Cody's just oh, a great yeah. guy. And uh, we did uh, go over some stuff, and I did leave a trail camera up in this area on a in a specific point. So, uh, um, but the uh, the knocks were interesting though, because he sent me a link. You know, he sent me those knocks and. You hear his buddy chopping wood, I, I think was what yep. was going on. He was chopping wood, and then he, he kind of stopped for a second, and then you get this sort of response, Lower. and it kind of mimicked, yeah. kind of mimicked the uh, chopping noises. And uh, it it was, that, like that was pretty interesting. Wood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It sounded very much like wood on wood, yeah. Yeah. And it was different speed. Different speed, yes. It was, yeah. It was, it was, I don't know, it was hard to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're, right. right, exactly. It's hard to say. It's not definitive. Uh, not saying Sasquatch did it at all. I mean, you didn't see Sasquatch doing it, so you can. You just put in the yeah, uh, exactly. interesting pile, you know, um, and, yeah, and you walk from there. And, and that, I appreciate, you know, you telling your story and stuff, and, and, uh, uh, and you know, you, 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 you definitely come across as, you know, a logical person who's not saying sasquatch does this and sasquatch does that you're just no, reporting no. what you've encountered and i i mean i really appreciate that and i know gunner does yeah uh, very yeah, cool going uh going hiking up there um yeah how, how close are you gonna be to timber um we'll be a little bit uh west of that i mean we'll come out at at uh in probably in mist so not not yeah too far away at all um, well, because the reason I'm asking is uh, about eight months ago or so, um, my mom and her boyfriend and their good friend, who's like a third or fourth generation logger, been in the woods his whole life kind of thing, um, they were up there making camp. Um, it was after dark and got a uh, scream, if you will, um, that was nothing that any of them had ever heard. And I mean to the point where it almost shook the windows in the truck and uh really it was right out right outside of timber, just west of timber. Um and that was like I said, eight months ago. So I think your uh yeah, your good opportunities there is what I'm getting at I guess. Yeah, no, I've uh, there there's a lot of stories um out out that way. I actually investigated uh a report on the just uh out past mist, you know, on the the Halem River, yeah, several years ago, where a guy had a um, come out his door like at 11:30 at night, and and uh, and the water was really high, and and something was going down the other side of the bank, and was like doing whoop whoop, and he first thought it was like an owl, 
Yeah. And then then he started hearing like splash something splashing in the water at the same time. So um, he got freaked out. His dog actually turned around and ran back in the house, and and uh, he went and yeah. eventually got his gun and shot it off in the air, and it stopped and for a little bit, but it moved down the. And he could hear something moving on the bank on the other side of the river. And it was not a place where anybody was going to be at that, given those uh, conditions. It was not easy to get to the other side of the river. And so, yeah, no yeah, trails or nothing like that. Yeah, no. So, yeah, yeah I've I mean, always. It, it, it I mean, took them straight into the truck and back home. They actually left their tent there, half set yeah. up, and went back, <laughs> went back like three days later and got it. So, <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for a, you know, for a third-generation logger, he's all manly man and in the woods and stuff. For him to be freaked out like that, I mean, it was obviously something. Yeah. <laughs> and I know the guy, too. I mean, not, he's not a, not the type of guy that would make stuff up like that. I mean, he's, he's your typical logger, basically. He's no bullshitter. I've talked to the guys that, you know, hunt bear, are bear hunters and stuff that have had stuff uh, in, the, uh, in the Salmonberry area, uh, and yeah. If free, I mean, you think about it. You know, you're out, you're a you're a hunter, and you're out in the woods your whole life, and and you think you're the top apex predator out there, and then all of a sudden you find out there's something that's been out in the woods with Bigger you the whole time. There, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I can see. You know, I can see that being uh, shaking your your. I mean, it's a paradigm yeah. shift. You know, yeah. Before you had your encounter. Before you had your encounter, did you have any point of reference? Of, have you heard of Bigfoot before that? or? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, growing up, I watched Harry and Henderson's and all that kind of stuff yeah. growing up. But, um, <laughs> my grandpa, when my mom was, oh, she was probably 10 or so, they were camping uh, kind of over by Canada. And mm-hmm. um, my, my grandpa was on a hike. He was, you know, avid outdoorsman and stuff, and he was on a hike, and he was about 10 miles from the from camp and saw a, a track out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and this is, you know, I mean, it's right around the time of the, the Patterson footage and stuff like that, I guess, late 60s, early 70s and stuff. But um, he actually ran back to camp, grabbed the camera, ran back, and took a picture of it. We actually have it. Uh, my grandma's got it on a slide. It's... Uh, a track from up there, but um, the same uh, the same day, there's a a dog showed up at the camp, um, like a stray dog, and hid underneath their trailer for uh, like two and a half days. Wouldn't come out, wouldn't eat, wouldn't drink, nothing. Just hid underneath there and shake it. So I mean that that mm. got that got them kind of into it. And you know, growing up hearing these stories and everything, um, you know, of course I was intrigued by it and stuff like that. Um, but it, it it didn't prepare me. We'll say that. And Justin, you know what I find? You have you reported this anywhere else? Like, say, have you contacted BFRO? Have you? Uh, yeah, uh, I, uh, I I sent uh, Cliff Berkman uh, an email, and mm-hmm. you know I knew he's from Portland and stuff, and and we probably know the area. And uh, at, at the time when oh. I sent him that, it was actually before you had contacted me, I believe. Um, Recently, I didn't know who to reach out to. Yeah, yeah, but that that was recent. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. Right around the same time that I talked to you and Cliff, is that's the first time I've ever actually reported it to anything official. Gotcha. Um, and that was prior to you posting in that fishing forum. Um, it was right around the same time. I'm not sure 
which came yeah. first. But um, yeah, it was right around that time because that was the first it's, time it's, like I just like discovered the forums, and that was the first time that there was like actually a group where you could talk about it and not be you know ridiculed and stuff like that. Yeah. Not that I care because I mean I I know what I saw, oh. I know who I am, I like who I am, and I don't care what anybody else has to say. But um, yeah. it was just kind of nice to be around like-minded people discussing it. But for the most part, right. a lot of people are in there just basically making people feel bad. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they ridicule and whatnot. But it, cool. it's 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 fascinating because of some of these in, these encounters and and stuff that you spoke of tonight. I mean, you're not going to find these on any. Um, you're going to find them online. These are these are stories and encounters that you're just telling us on air. Uh, you know, probably for the first time, and, and they're not out there to be found. And I I find that there are so many. Um, oh, encounters yeah. and reports that mimic this and that people don't reach out because they don't know who to reach out to or they don't want to because of the ridicule. Yeah. Well, I imagine for every one that gets reported, there's probably a thousand of them that don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think, think uh, it's, it adds up. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a no-brainer. I mean, it's it's obvious that there's something out there. I mean, why would there be yeah, thousands, think, thousands, thousands think, and thousands of people like talking about this? So, I think uh, Grover Krantz uh, projected that for every one encounter that uh, that was reported, probably a hundred. I mean, and, and of course that's just a guess, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's amazing is how many people I run across that you know they've never reported it anywhere, but but have shared their stories with me. So yeah. it's interesting. There's that's uh, and that I, I appreciate you coming and sharing your story with us because that's it, it. It's compelling to me, and the, just the way you described it and. And, uh, you know, arm swing, you don't get a lot of arm swing with a bear, you know. Obviously uh, no, that, no. That. <laughs> and they're pretty, I mean, even a circus bear is clumsy on its own two legs. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, they don't, yeah they don't walk gracefully, that's for sure. No, they're just kind of plodding around. Yeah, little right short down. steps. You know, and as far as, so, like, I, I'm not sure that I want definitive proof to be out there. I was trying to change that, you know, like, I'm not sure that, personally, that I want them to prove the existence of Bigfoot, um, mainly for the species. I mean, I, I respect the species that do what they do for so long. I mean, the, the stories go back thousands of years, you know, with Native Americans and stuff. I mean, it, for this species to be able to be out there doing what it's doing and, and doing it pretty much, you know, undetected, um, I'd hate to see what man will do to that if they prove that it's you know, real beyond a reasonable doubt. I mean, there'd be guys out there with guns shooting each other and ghillie suits and, you know, I mean, <laughs> and I just don't think that the, it'd be good for the species. I mean, I know I know they're real. I've seen it. But I don't know that I want the the masses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know how, I mean, first of all, I don't, even if people knew they were, if it, they were proven in uh you know, we found one body or whatever. I, they're not easy to to find. So people going out and trying to hunt them. Good luck with that. Um, yeah. And, yeah, uh, but I mean, you'll have you'll I, have I, groups. I mean, it's like the movie Hard Target. You know, I mean, they'll be like hunting humans. Yeah. Kind of, you know, I mean, it's just, maybe all this stuff should happen. Well, I mean, I hate to see that. Always, always the people that that put up the argument that we need to kill one to protect them. Uh, no, because we need to protect their habitat. Well, we if we need to protect that habitat anyway for the animals yeah. we already prove exist. So that to me, that's like, hey, I just want to kill one. I mean, that's 
You know, yeah, and I can tell you one thing for sure: Bigfoot doesn't give a crap about being proven one way or the other. So that's no, just no, for our Yeah. So. Well, Justin, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate, it, man. I really, uh, um, I really enjoyed, you know, talking to you again, and, and for you coming out and sharing this encounter, uh, you know, and you, other possible encounters as well. And uh, I hope to meet you one day, man, and maybe go out to some areas and do uh, do some sure. uh, field work. You know, I really would enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're only right over the hill from me, so it's not like it's exactly. So We're far. not too far My away, mom and. Uh, yeah. Oh, perfect. And, and you know, I plans with uh, going out with you know your buddy Cody again, uh, and uh, and uh, researching more in his area, and and uh, maybe making yeah. out to Longview uh, at some point. But uh, really appreciate you joining us, man. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys much. And uh, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll hook up sometime because I'm going to go with Cody to his place, and he's going to come with me to mine. Perfect. So um, yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll figure it out. Well, keep All in right. touch. Well, thank, All right. Thanks, we'll Justin. Yeah, thank you guys. Have a good day. You bet. You too. All right. Bye-bye. So I, I just like the way that Justin, uh, uh, his his description to me was spot on. I mean, it's and and no elaboration. No, you know, he didn't he didn't get into like, um, and and you know, very pragmatic about not I've you know everything's Bigfoot, um, just. Just sounds like a straight, you know, pretty straight up guy. You know, he'd have no reason to, to, uh, if he was gonna, you know, make up a story, you'd think that it would be way more elaborate than a, a four or five second encounter when you're 15 years old. So that's yeah. And um, like I said, I talked to him on the phone at length, and uh, I know he just recently reached out to Cliff Brackman um, and whatnot. So. Um, no, I, I find his story very compelling. You know, uh, was I there to see what he saw? No, but uh, I can I can put that into the interesting realm. I mean, uh, even looking back at his encounter as a hunter, and he's been hunting for a while now, he's still perplexed by what he saw, and uh, he did say it was bipedal. So you're even looking looking at a a uh, and bears do uh, go bipedal at times. He's even looking at a very swift and uh, large bear. Or you're looking at mm-hmm. well, whatever you're looking at. <laughs> well, his description of arm swing to me kind of puts that outside of a, uh, you know, you don't see bears do not arm swing. Their arms, you know, their little stubby legs are out in front of them when they're walking. And they and and the way he talked about, it, you, you're right. When you see a bear walking, now I mean, if it was yeah, their arms hang at their sides, know. their arms hang at their sides. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and the weight, the, uh, the weight of this thing, and he 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 described a a possible like a uh, auburn red red tint to the hair, you know, um, mm-hmm. which is very you know report a lot of times with Sasquatch uh, with uh, he you know he, he mentioned uh, possibly four, four inch uh, long. He said he said fur, and I forgot to ask him if he meant to say hair or if that was just what he just you know described. But he said four inches regardless, right? Um, so um, that I mean that that by itself is is also very interesting, and yeah. and then with Good. the elk coming through, uh, the way mm-hmm. with the demeanor and the way they came through at the same time, I mean that's also interesting because uh, how many reports have you heard or taken in that that mimic this? I mean quite a few. Yeah, no, that's that's a 
that's a classic um, report of you know sounds like Bigfoot chasing chasing a couple elk, and it's interesting that they you know he didn't seem to even notice the that they he and his dad were there. So right, I, I mean I find that re- report very credible. So it's a it's a great report. Um, and it's fantastic. Yeah. We uh, we have Jamie on the line. Do you want to take him now? Sure, let's go ahead. All right. Jamie, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How are you all? Great, man. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Really uh, stoked that you joined us. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. Awesome stuff. Thanks, uh, for, thanks for coming on, Jamie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anytime. I'm all right. really, well, Jamie, really interested in the subject. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that's fantastic. What, what, um, Jamie, get... Give the audience a little perspective, uh, if you don't mind, a little bit of your background. You don't have to go into specifics, just a little bit of your background uh, and your interest in, in Sasquatch in general before your your uh, sighting and whatnot. Okay. Uh, well, you know, I grew up in East Texas and spent my whole life out, you know, hunting and fishing and being in the woods like most kids in East Texas. And uh, I've always I've always been into uh, – I guess the subject, um, just because you hear stories out here, you know, from time to time about people seeing things or hearing things, uh, never really uh, necessarily thought that I believed in anything for sure, but I sure didn't disbelieve, you know. So um, I just uh, always been interested in the subject, you know, watched all the all the shows I could watch, stuff like that, and never really thought I'd see something until I did. So, so Jamie, what? Tell us. I mean, what was when? When was your encounter, and and uh, what happened? Okay, um, back in the, I guess it was about '04. I was working uh, working two jobs, and at night, two or three times a week. I was uh, delivering auto parts for a company, and I had a regular route, went up uh, around northeast Texas and just uh, off into Louisiana. Uh, One night in particular, I was driving, I was close to Atlanta, Texas, and came around an S-curve, and it's just one of those really sharp, windy curves where, you know, it was such a sharp turn. My headlights went all the way to the to the left on the first part of it and shined off in the woods. You couldn't even hardly see the you know the road. When I came back around the right, it did the same thing. When I came around to the right, that's when I saw something step over a six strand barbed wire fence <laughs> with ease and just I, that's when my brakes on and and uh, it was it was pretty amazing. Uh, the the sighting I guess was probably a matter of seconds, you know, three to five tops. Uh, but I saw it clear as day. Now, it was late at night. It was probably about anywhere from 1230 to 1, uh, maybe maybe 2 a.m. And, uh, but, yeah, I just I, I saw what I knew wasn't a man and wasn't a bear step over a barbed wire fence, stop, look at me, and then continue on into the wood line. So the the whole length of your encounter was like how long did you did you say it was? Oh, it 
it may have been I, I can say from the time I from the time I saw something moving to the time it went off, it it probably oh shoot. It was far less than a minute. But when I got a really, really good I, I could see it moving, but when I got a really, really good look was probably less than ten seconds. So and and you're you're zipping down the road in your your truck and and so first you see some kind of movement and then it and when you had your best look at it was that when it was stepping over the fence or as it was right. walking or no I I caught it right as it was stepping over the fence and I'm telling you this thing was big I mean big so it you could imagine no I'm not I'm not very tall myself I'm about five ten you know and I I step up to a a fence that height and it's going to hit me, you know, I guess right under my chest. And this thing just, by the time I saw, I slammed my brakes on is about the time it was stepping over and it just, it just stepped over, swung its leg like it was nothing. It, it had to be probably, I mean, at minimum seven foot tall, whatever it was. So it just like, um, and this, this area, uh, this area, can you describe the area roughly? I mean, it's not uh, – how far away from folk is it? Oh, shoot. It's probably not even 30-minute drive from Fowler, Arkansas. You know, right yeah. there, everybody knows the lake in Boggy Creek. Right. Yeah, exactly. it's – um, and it's the same same exact type of area, if, if everybody remembers watching the movie, which I'm sure <laughs> – I know we all have. Probably everybody living in it has. Uh, it's it's the same kind of area. Uh, rivers run through it. Uh, some swamps and bayou kind of areas. Uh, very thick vegetation. A um, lot of lot of a uh, lot of places to hide. Right. And with your encounter, I mean, did, can you describe it a little bit? I mean, were your lights right on it at one point, and did you see maybe the color of the hair, the length of the hair, um, possibly the? Could you? you know, estimate the height of this thing? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, when I, I saw something move, as I was coming around that curve, you know, you you could see something, I guess the best way I can describe it is the periphery of the headlights, you know, off to the side of the headlights, just barely shining on something. I could tell it was mm-hmm. moving. I didn't give it a whole lot of thought because there's a lot of cattle and, you know, things like that and all kinds of things running around. And it was a very sharp curve and I was driving a big uh, delivery van which they're kind of top heavy anyway so it was about a 35 45 mile hour curve so I was, I was taking about 25 just because of how top heavy that van was so I had plenty of time to slow down and stop when I came around I saw something and it was I didn't know what I was looking at you know yet but it was I knew it was big so I just you know it's the middle of the night I wasn't worried about cars on the highway I was the only person I'd seen for 30 minutes, I slammed the brakes on to take a look, and like I said, that's about the time it was stepping over. Um, it was brown. It wasn't black. Uh, of course, it was under those headlights. It, it almost looked... I know a lot of people say a reddish brown. I guess maybe uh, maybe a rusty color brown, more brown. Uh, the hair was 
I don't know, probably about four to six inches hanging because when it stepped over, it kind of it kind of did the, almost the same movement. If you can imagine yourself stepping over, how you kind of put your arms up, mm-hmm. you know, for I guess for balance, it kind of did the same thing. And I could see the size of its arms and muscles and you know the hair hanging off. I guess I'd say four to six inches. Um, hot wise, I, tall enough to step over that. I mean, I didn't. It didn't use a hand to to uh, press down on anything like you know, like we would trying to get over a barbed wire fence. Uh-huh. So it it had to be at least seven foot, maybe taller. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of that- you kind of you kind of step on your brakes a little bit. To, as you, I mean, you see this thing stepping over a fence seven feet or higher you know, tall and, and step on your brakes and, and get a, a pretty good view of it. So what did you, I mean, afterwards, do you just drive, you know, drive on to your destination or? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds funny, but I, I can kill myself. Of course, this was back in 04 and I don't even know if I had a cell phone. If I did, it was a little old flip phone and there were no cameras on them. I had a camera in the van and if I had, you know, if I had a thought for a second that I was going to see something like that, of course, who does, you know, I, I could have easily tried to take a picture, but I was just in complete shock. I was honest to God scared every time I got out of the van the rest of the night, because every time I made a delivery to the back of the back of the store and, you know, everything's wooded in that area and it, it really, it really affected me. <laughs> now, before before your encounter, did you 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 had you know you said you'd had an interest for your whole life? So, I mean, when you saw it, you like that's a that's a friggin' Bigfoot. Pretty much. I mean, I I tried to be rational about it, as rational as you can be, um, mm-hmm. you know, and go through the possible scenarios, but. In that part of the country, um, we have occasionally, you'll see a black bear. Now, you know, um, Atlanta is actually um, farther north than than parts of southern Arkansas. And we know that there are bears in Arkansas, but, you know, I've never seen one. So, you know, I try to think, well, was it a bear? But, I mean... A bear can get on two legs every once in a while, but they're not going to step over a fence. Then I tried to rule out, you know, that kind of ruled that out. Then I started thinking about, well, you know, of course, what would a person in a suit be walking around in the middle of the night? And if it was a person, it was a huge person in a suit. So I kind of ruled that out. And, you know, I, I figured, yeah, I'd, I'd seen I'd seen a Sasquatch. I saw Bigfoot. And you mentioned that it looked at you, right? Oh, yeah. What it did when it stepped over the fence, I guess it was, I couldn't, I couldn't see its face that well. I could see, you know, if you were to ask me how, what its nose looked like, I I really couldn't tell you. I could see it was, you know, its holes and nostrils. Um, Just, I guess it's because, my headlights were directly on it with the backdrop of the trees and everything like that. It just kind of, you know, shined on it and it turned its head. When it stepped over, uh, you could tell that it was probably 
it shocked to see me as I was to see it because, you know, it turned and just kind of looked at me and just hurried off into the, into the tree line there. And I'd, uh, I got home the next morning and that's when I got on and made a, uh, what used to be the TRBC report there and had, had a guy come out and investigate it and, he had some interesting findings, but nothing conclusive. Mm-hmm. So. Any other features uh, that you noticed that kind of stuck out to you? I mean, uh, you said it looked brown, um, you know, hair length possibly, or uh, uh, and whatnot. Well, um, yeah, it was it was extremely wide. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you mentioned big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, extremely wide. I, it didn't have as much hair. It was covered, I mean, it was covered four to six inches, you know, almost everywhere. Um, what surprised me is uh, the hair that it didn't have on its face, and it was had less hair around its abdomen and chest area. Now, it still had mm-hmm. hair, but it, was, it wasn't as thick. Now I'm not not like you see a gorilla where some of the gorillas you know are almost looks like they're barren of hair right there. It still had hair, but it it was it was not a stick. Uh, it was extremely muscular. That's that's one of the things that uh, popped out to me is uh, just how thick and wide it was. I, I was able to see it from the front and the side because when it stepped over, that's when it turned and mm-hmm. fr- front to back. It had to be two or three of me, and you know, I'm a 240 pound man, you know, ex college football player and weightlifter and stuff like that. It just, <laughs> it made, it, I'd be tiny compared to what this was. So since it was, you, it was, you, oh, go since ahead. You, go since ahead. you uh, had your encounter, did I mean, have you? Did it spur you to go out and and? Uh, look for Bigfoot or, I mean, what is, did, did it make any, that kind of impression on oh, you? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's completely changed my life. <laughs> it, uh, it's, it's made me absolutely obsessed. I've, I've talked to anyone and everyone I can talk to. I've gone out a few times, uh, with some buddies and, you know, uh, just kind of gone camp. Every time I go camping, you know, I'm, I'm on the lookout, um, been in some interesting areas, heard some things, uh, before that sounded like wood knocks, but of course, who knows, you know, the forest is, or the woods is, woods are a big place. Um, I hadn't gone out as much as I'd like to just cause of work. I stay super busy. You know, I work every other weekend, but, um, yeah, it's definitely changed my life. Uh, I'm I'm trying to get into anything and everything I can get into as far as finding out more and research and knowledge of of the you know of Bigfoot and everything about it. So that because and so kind of be, well, I always find that people um, you had a curiosity before, so you were like, but you had never seen one, so you had the I call it the you know are they. You were, and then you passed through that doorway of like, you know, you had the encounter, and then um, 
curiosity kicks. I mean, now you know they're real. Right. And now that then it, people shift into the what are they? You know, that's oh. the difference. Once people have that encounter, it's like there's a lot. Your your uh, response is similar to a lot of people I talk to, Shane included. Is you know he had curiosity before, and then he had he has confirmation that you know in his in his own experience now and. Mm-hmm. And then they then people become about like wow I want to know what these things are what they do you know why are they able to 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 elude man so so well so oh absolutely that's, that's, uh, yeah you know and, and that's just it just this past weekend I drove through um, uh, the big you know Sam Houston State Park and Davy Crockett National Forest uh, right here in East Texas and you know I, I can't help but just look at the tree line every time I'm driving through, wondering, you know, what's out there and what, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I know what's out there, but, you know, and, and that's just it. It's I've never been to the Pacific Northwest. Um, I know how thick everything is is, is up there, mm-hmm. you know, and, that, and that's one thing. I know y'all said it on, you know, I'm, I'm a listener of the show also, uh, and y'all had people talk about this area. But it's just, it's absolutely amazing how thick the woods are down here to where, you know, if something didn't want to be seen, it it could hide. But just with the encroachment of, you know, us, people and population, you know, I, that's what I find interesting, how they're able to stay, stay so hidden. Yeah. <clears throat> Jimmy, have you heard, uh, you know, after your encounter and... Have you heard of other reports in this area other than the well-known ones? Uh, I mean, have you had other people reach out to you going, you know what, I saw something in this area or, or close by, or this is what happened to me? Oh, absolutely. And, see, it's everybody that, that sees something, they're going to catch a lot of, well, just catch hell from people. I don't know a better way to say it. So yeah, I'm not... You know, I'll talk to people about it and uh, not be embarrassed about it because, I mean, what's there to be embarrassed about? You saw something that half the people or more than half the people in the world don't believe it even, even exists, but you saw it with your own eyes. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be a little bit defiant when it comes to people telling you it doesn't exist. So I, I've gone out of the way to try to talk to people and had people, because I've told what I've seen, I've had people come to me and tell me stories and encounters that, that they've had. So this part of East Texas is, is fairly rich with, uh, with sightings and encounters. I've had, I've had probably four or five people tell me that they've seen something. That's funny. Cause I, I mean, that's, I found that to be very true. People that have had encounters are you know they want to find somebody that they can talk to without the risk of being ridiculed that are not going to tell them they're nuts. Um, oh, absolutely. And, yeah. You know that, that's so the biggest I, issue. You don't you don't want anybody to tell you you're crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the uh, you know it, it's a it's a it's a it's a tight rope to walk. You know I mean. Uh, you encountered something that you cannot explain that I've never seen before, and uh, you know that it's unique, and yet, where do you go from there? 
I mean, where do you go from there? Um, it's on, you know, it's it's tough. It is absolutely. You know, if I had the money or the time to put everything into it, I mean, that's how much it affected me. Honestly, I, I joke with my wife about if I won the lottery, I'm just going to live in the woods for the rest of my life. <laughs> She's like, that's kind of backwards from winning the lottery, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, no man. You'll live in a mansion in the woods, or the mansion yeah, in the woods you will go. be your mansion. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'd, it would take me having a lot of money just to go back to the old, the old ways. Uh. <laughs> oh. No, so yeah, it's it's something that, like I say, it's it's that signing just completely changed my life. I mean, I've. I've got friends and family that, you know, joke with me and tell me I'm crazy or not crazy, but, you know, these people don't believe until they see something. Yeah. Well, and that's what it takes a lot of times, you know. I mean, uh, unless this is a um, – unless you really research the subject and actually consider yourself a researcher or enthusiast and get out in the woods and – and whatnot, and and look at you know interview witnesses and whatnot. I mean, it's a fringe subject regardless, but uh, it really takes. Uh, I mean, at this point, it takes a lot of uh, a lot of whim to to actually consider this thing to be real because I mean, it, there is a lack of evidence. I mean, there truly is, and a lack of lack of uh, substance, unfortunately. Oh. Um, but I think if you really look at the subject seriously, you can actually find some some good tidbits and some possibilities in that i know i have uh, uh beside you know if i were to toss my sighting out the window and you know my subsequent uh, findings i would still look at it uh reasonably and logically and go well there's a chance oh absolutely you know and, and there's the things that that people see on a daily basis that they don't realize might be signs and stuff you know when i was a kid growing up in the woods literally we'd go outside when the sun came up and if we were hungry, we might check back in, and we'd come in when it was dark. You know, that's the way it was, you know, out here growing up. And I remember my entire childhood seeing things that I didn't know what I was looking at, but tree structures and, you know, uh, the stuff that shouldn't mm-hmm. have been there in the woods that, that now that I've started doing some research, you know, it really makes you, you know, raise your eyebrows and think, well, you know, what's really going on out here? Right. Yeah. A lot of oddities and uh, stuff that you can't explain. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it really opens your eyes. Uh, after you've had an encounter, it really opens your eyes as to the possibilities. As And, and, and you start really looking at the subject uh, in a different, you know, obviously in a different eye set. Right, right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, no, I, the one thing I, I've not had... Okay. I've not had I've not had a personal encounter yet, so you know, knowing people that that have had people like Shane and like yourself that that are seem credible, I don't you know, don't come off as crazy, very pragmatic. Um you know, I I'm ninety nine point nine seven percent sure that they exist. But it's funny because I think almost everybody who hasn't had that confirmation yet reserves some degree of that everybody that that uh has made a report is nuts. So I agree hundred I mean, percent. Yeah. Because so. because if I wasn't somewhat of a believer before, 
when I say a believer, I don't know that I was a believer, but I was at least somewhat interested. If I hadn't have seen what I had seen, then I understand clearly what you're saying. You know, people, it's one of those kind of things. People are not going to believe it until they see it. And I, I can't blame them for that because it's it's something so rare, you know? Yeah, extremely rare. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jamie, I mean, what what do you, what do you hope happens? Do you, it was, uh, we, were, we were just talking to Justin. He actually said he hopes that, that if they don't actually get proven, he'd, he'd actually kind of hate to see that. What what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, you know, um, that's that's funny. You know, they said that, you know, if they get proven, it, it, it just, it takes away part of the fun. <laughs> you know, some of the mysticism <laughs> about it. But at the same time, you know, there's a huge part of me that wants them to be proven just to validate people like me and Shane and everyone else that's that's seen something, you know. Um, I don't go at it, you know, I don't look at it like, ha, told you so. But, you know, it it, it would be nice to, to be able to finally definitively prove Without a shadow of a doubt, that all these these thousands of people saying they're seeing something is some sort of I don't know mass hallucination. <laughs> you know, I, right. I honestly I hope we I hope we do uh, bring one in in uh, whichever way we can. Uh, I'm if we if we've got to shoot one and bring it in to prove it, then I'm all for it. But uh, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if I was in the woods by myself and I saw that, just for fear of the, there being others around, I don't know that I could pull the trigger. <laughs> but I think right. that's it, it like, some, some people that are pro kill don't think about they they, uh, they they think that oh yeah I'll, I'll go shoot one and, and haul out of the woods. But that's that's funny because we talk about that. It's like not the one that you're shooting that you need to be worried about. You know, it's the one, oh, right. the one that you don't see. It's the one that you don't see that you might have, have to be concerned about. So. Absolutely. I mean, and not to mention the fact you're by yourself and you you drop something that weighs 800 pounds. What are you going to do with it anyway? Yeah, you better have you better have an exit strategy. I, I was going to say I'm. I feel like I'm a fairly in shape man, but I, I'm pretty sure I couldn't drag an 800 pound corpse out of the woods. Well, we're, it's funny because we talk about what what do you do if if uh, you know because I I'm not I'm not pro kill I would not I can't imagine shooting one because just I I think they're it it just would be difficult for me to do because I think mean, I don't right, know how, right. I I what if I just shot the last one you know or uh-huh. or how close they are to human um you know that those kind of things bother me about uh, going out there with the idea to shoot shoot one I you know I, I like, but but what would we do if we found a body? You know, we found one that fell off a cliff, and we you know find the holy grail. Well, I mean, we've talked about like, well, you cut you cut a hand off, you cut you know you you cut parts off to and, to, right. and take those back with you. So, but uh, yeah. Well, that'd be However, good. I mean, I'll go ahead. Yeah. No, but I mean that that. Uh, but you're right. You're not gonna be hauling a. Uh, 
a full-grown male Sasquatch back out of the woods. So, right, right, yeah, and that's just it. I think something like you said would be great. I mean, if we could find that, would probably be the best case scenario. If you could find one that was already dead and be able to take a hand or an arm or something, because you know you don't need a whole body for DNA. And of right. course, um, yeah, I, I I don't know what they are. Um, I don't lean towards just from what I saw. I don't lean towards the the human ancestor line. I guess. What I saw seemed just very animalistic, you know. Um, but I've, I've, you know, we've all heard people say that they've seen them and they look just in different parts of the country look almost human. So you know that that would be the thing. You pull your you pull your gun up and you look through your crosshairs and your scope and you're looking at something that looks like Mister You looking back at us, just bigger and hairier. It it would be hard to pull the trigger. Yeah. Well, I, I was, you know, I've had people say, well, we need to have a, we need to prove they exist to protect the, the species. And I like my, I think, well, if we, and so that we can protect our environment. And I like, um, well, there's plenty of known animals that live in the same environment. So if we need right. to be protecting that environment, shouldn't we already be doing it? And we don't need it to prove an unknown species just say, hey, we need to protect the woods from, you know, encroachment, and because, and and frankly, I don't, I don't think that I'm pretty sure that Bigfoot doesn't care one way or another to be proven, or they'd walk into town already and you know say, hey, we need your help. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> you know, and thinking back on it, I, I really do think that. And I'm sure y'all heard this a hundred times, but I think that's going on right now. I know um, I was doing some work back years ago, almost ten years ago, like probably just a year or two after my sighting, and we were down in uh, the big thicket, working way off in the middle of the woods, and we had to shut down because there was some reemergence of some some woodpecker that's since been proven that it never it never went extinct or was endangered. But at mm-hmm. the time we had to clear the woods before the sun went down. They wouldn't let us they wouldn't let us in the woods until the sun came up and they wouldn't let us they we had to leave the woods before the sun went down. Which, <laughs> you know makes you wonder, you know, why us being out there would interrupt a woodpecker so thinking much, you know, it almost makes you speculate that there's something else going on. I don't know. I mean, we went through the whole spotted owl debacle up here where, you know, they, they were, they were shutting down woods and then all, and they were concerned that the spotted owl was not, you know, needed. And, and, and it's funny as the spotted owl adapted and, and uh, moved into, you know, the, you, oh, they got to have old growth and, uh, and then all of a sudden they could find them in, in a new growth. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, um, kind of like you just your as, head. Just, yeah, just as it uh, as fast as it blew up, it, it, it subsided. It, it was crazy. So Right. It almost makes you think there was 
some some incident happened or there there was something going on at the time and you know the animals that are already pruned to be in those areas you know that are protected they say okay well this is i mean it's another matter that all they have to do is say hey watch out for the spotted owl you know it's but i don't know that's just yeah i can't prove anything Jamie, where did you first uh, post your encounter? I believe it was with the uh, group NOAC out of Texas. Yes, it was. Um, it was when it was the uh, Texas Bigfoot Research uh, Center or Conservancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they changed the name before that. And then, um, of course, it's it's on the NOAC site now. Um, when, and I got when a did phone first, call. Well, when did you Go first ahead. post, I mean, share that with them? What uh, Was it shortly after encounter or? It was that morning. Uh, oh, wow. I was, yeah, I mean, that morning I came home, got on the internet and started looking around, you know, just search engines, Texas Bigfoot, you know, this and that, and uh, came up on it and, uh, you know, had to put it down. And, you know, and it's one of the best parts of the story is luckily, um, and I'd have to look back at it, but I believe it was Derek Collier, which, um, you know, uh, is fairly well known. Uh, especially in this area with the big Bigfoot research, um, went out. Uh, he told me his mother lived in Atlanta, and he planned on going out to visit her that day anyway. So he went out, and I told him where I, you know, about where I was at, and he's familiar, familiar with the area. So he went out to that spot, and it had been raining a little bit, so we couldn't find definitive tracks. I say we, I, I didn't go out there, but. Um, he said he found really, really large impressions right there in by the fence row in in the uh, coming up to the wood line. And as you went into the wood line, trees were broken off. You know, branches and saplings were broken off at you know anywhere from six to eight feet. Like something really large was walking through there. So I found that interesting. Yeah. Interesting, <laughs> but I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on? Uh, I mean, you reached out to Nowak. Was that because, or you know, what was formerly uh, was not Nowak at the time per se? But what were your thoughts on that that group at the time? Was that your only avenue you thought that you could uh, share an encounter? Well, I really at that time I didn't. I certainly if somebody had said you know BRFO or whatever, I don't even. That I had no, I had no idea anything existed, you know, as far as communities for uh, for sightings and stuff like that. I was, um, I looked up something and te- you know, I typed in Texas Bigfoot sightings because um, I guess I wanted somebody that was more local to, uh, you know, look at it. Or I was just curious if anybody else had seen anything in that area. And that was my main reason for doing that with the uh, uh, NOAC is because I was just really interested in finding out if there had been other sightings in that area or, um, you know, what all was going on in this area compared to, not that I don't care about the rest of the United States, but at the time I was really just interested <laughs> in these things, trying, you know, figuring out what I, you know, because I, I was ninety-five percent sure what I'd seen. I just, mm-hmm. you know, everybody wants some validation, and I was just trying to find find somebody that could, you know, talk to me and 
relevant that to a certain extent. Right. And 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 did you find that uh, a help there, or did they? Uh, I mean, how thorough were they with you? I did. I did. They. Um, they you know, I called and talked with, or they called me because I left my contact information. Kind of gave them a rundown of of what happened, and uh, that's when he told me that he was going out of that area anyway. So he called me back within a day or two and uh, told me his findings, and then he uh, proceeded to uh, post his findings on the site. Now, if you look if you look on the site, mine is listed under, uh, I believe it just says truck driver because I was, I was driving delivery van in Cass County, yeah. Texas. And, um, you can, you can find his whole report there. But, um, no, I, I was happy with, um, you know, he seemed like he did a thorough job of investigating and, you know, that was my main reason for looking for someone close to go out and look at it because to be honest with you, I don't know if I want to go back out there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take it, yourself uh, until you see something like that. Right. Kind of changes your perspective that uh, you're you're not the uh, biggest, baddest thing out there in the woods, possibly. Oh, no. not And that, that's just fun. You know, I was 24 years old and in good shape, and I, you know, like most twenty-four-year-olds, I, I thought I was the baddest thing walking the planet. And then I'm, you see <laughs> something like that, and you just realize really quick that you're not. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it changes your, your perspective of things, and and, and it, it's kind of a mind-blowing experience because, you know, you you, uh, you spend so much time out in the woods or or driving around or whatever have you, whether you're a hunter or just a uh, somebody that's uh in these areas and you you know for many of the people that i've spoken to that have been lifelong hunters or um you know hikers and whatnot uh, they're like no way and then they have this this encounter and it just blows their mind they're like well how come i've not experienced this before how come this has not happened before and how come i'm unaware that these things are out there have they been out there the whole time and it really uh flips you upside down it oh it just, does it, it's mind-boggling you know, and that's just it. My, we're deer hunters and things like that. My son, he's he's thirteen, and uh, he's been hunting with me for a couple of years. And you know, he's he's as big as I am now, but just because he's big doesn't mean he's mature. <laughs> so he, he thinks that you know, which he's he's fixed. He's old enough, and I guess this is one of the things that changed me. If I'd never seen that in the woods, I would have already let him go by himself. But mm-hmm. it's it's changed me so much that I wouldn't say that I'm afraid to go in the woods, but where I used to not be cautious of anything, now I'm, you know, continually hearing stuff and I look over my shoulder and I, you know, and and I'm scared for him to go out and sit in the stand by himself and, you know, just things yeah. like that. Well, since, since you've been out, um, since your encounter, uh, Jamie, uh, in, in, in whatnot, what are, what have you encountered as a turnoff, uh, or, you know, uh, is there any groups or, uh, avenues that you've looked at to be a positive, uh, um, informative, you know, group or, or, or is there specific people out there that you lean towards, uh, reaching out to? Well, I can honestly say that, 
any group that leans more toward this being an animal or like Noak, a wood ape, um, mm-hmm. I'm a little more comfortable with that. Um, you know, everybody has their own opinion on things, right. but the the whole cloaking and telepathy and no, <laughs> I don't believe in that at all. Um, which you know, I can't I can't be judgmental because half the people I talk to say they don't believe in Sasquatch at all. So you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, yeah. I can't sit here and tell you I've seen a Bigfoot and somebody says something I'm like, well, no, you're an idiot. You know, I, I I don't I just personally don't lean that direction. But you know, yeah. anything's possible, I suppose. Yeah, it's just not somewhere where you spend your time. Uh, I mean, you you obviously feel that this is a flesh and blood creature with no supernatural uh, capabilities that uh, it remains unknown because of its circumstances and, and, you know, whatnot. I do. I I really do. I mean, y'all know as well as I do the acreage, just the pure acreage in, you know, the United States that uh, even though we've got – you know, uh, the part of Texas that I'm talking about, you know, you've got Houston right there in the south end of it, on the north end of it. You've got Shreveport, Louisiana. Then you've got, you know, uh, Tyler and Longview and Dallas-Fort Worth area over there. You know, you, you, all these bigger cities, people would think, well, there's no way that um, anything could live out there. But in my life of work, I do a lot of driving, and you go through these towns, that don't even have a stoplight and you won't hit the next town for 30 miles. And there's <laughs> nothing, you know, and there's nothing but trees and woods everywhere around them, you know? Right. So I, I think it's very feasible for something to, uh, to be out there. I mean, it's the resources are there, all the deer, all the hogs, all the, you know, of course, Texas, we've got a huge hog population, which would keep any kind, any predator of any sort, you know, well fed and taken care of. So, you know, I, I think yeah. that everything's there for, you know, a viable population of, of anything. Yeah. And, you know, I get a real appreciation for the, the amount of areas that, um, in, in just the, the wide expanse of an area that something that exists, you know, I, I got that weekend, I was out towards Mount Adams and I could see Mount Hood and to my left and Adams to my right. And, it was a straight line, and the extensive for the, the extensiveness of the force was just profound. I was like, "Holy oh, moly!" Here we are in an area that. where where it's a logging road, um, and not you know uh, now it's not a it's not a used logging road. I mean, there's there's logs, and I mean there's trees falling over, and it's brushy. And I was going, "Holy moly! Wow, this is amazing!" The mass the the mass of forest down this area uh, from Mount Hood to Mount Adams, and I've been up to. Uh, um, Mount St. Helens and seeing the bassins out there and, and uh, we, we were you know on in our uh, Facebook page you know someone mentioned why don't you guys cover or get someone on the show to talk about the vastness out at you know northern Ontario and we've had a guest on the show before but we really haven't covered it extensively but there is so much forest out there we're talking about man-made areas that we travel mostly I mean I do go off off the beaten trail but to an extent because I'm limited with time if I could spend three three months in an area, I can go really remote, and 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 who knows what you could find. Uh, then you're really putting yourself out in the elements. 
uh, for an extended period of time. But it, it's crazy. Everybody thinks nowadays that everything's been covered and there's uh, all this research going on. And when I put, it's a needle in a haystack, in my opinion. I, I agree. Why, why, I, why hasn't somebody got a, a, a good photo? Everybody's got a, uh, a camera now and, you know, their cell phones. Well, because they're most most Bigfoot encounters are, are a lot like like yours is, Jamie. I mean, it you don't expect it. I mean, you were in no position to take a picture. You're driving a you know driving a truck, and uh, you're not going to probably uh, be digging around for your cell phone to, while you're driving down the road. And uh, oh no! And and they're and they're so brief that that uh, people are not ready, and it, and it's over before it started, and people don't have the opportunity to to take a good picture. You know that's well. Yeah, and that's just it, you know, and it's such an absolutely shocking event. It, I mean, it really, you know, it really is that I guess your your brain's just trying to take in what you're seeing. The the last thing that went through my mind was, I need to take a picture. Now, of course, hindsight mm-hmm. 2020, yeah. I, I was like, man, why didn't I take a picture? But, you know, you're just soaking it all in. You're just, you're amazed at what you're seeing. And I think that's probably what happens the majority of the time. Like you said, they're they're uh, they're fleeting events. You know, they happen quick. You know, it, you see them and then they're gone. You know, it's it, you're not gonna if you've never seen something like this, you're not gonna take your eyes off of it and try to fumble and find. You know, like you said, you know, your cell phone, your camera. And I think that's one of the main reasons we ha- we don't have more pictures than we do. And that's, yeah, the thing is, you know, the the hindsight is twenty twenty. Is like, no, oh, I wish I had a. But who's driving? Around, you know, driving around with a camera exactly. all the time right at, at, in their hand. I mean, we oh, I know. even as I'm drive, driving out to you know research areas and stuff. Um, I was just talking to my girlfriend today as we were coming back from our research area. Like, you know, we we got six or seven people driving into this area and. Um, on occasion, I like to actually take a webcam and put it. I put my laptop up and sit in the passenger seat and put my webcam out the so it's pointed out the window. I mean, hoping that you know the needle in the haystack. Because uh, I, man, I'm you know what's gonna what am I gonna feel like when uh, I drive? I'm driving down the road to the research area and Bigfoot walks across the road in front of me and I'm gonna I'm gonna punch myself in the the kidney if I if I have that encounter and I did not catch it on, on video because I was just basically too lazy to, to uh, be prepared as we were going in there, but so, but we, well, it's a, it's a, it's been great to have you on the the show. I mean, I, I love, I love encounters are always my favorite thing and to talk to people about, you know, um, their experiences because I, you know, there's, I'm, I, uh, I, I like the idea of at, at some point I'm going to to join the club. I'll step through that doorway where from from uh, are they to what are they? Right. But until then, I get to live vicariously through Shane's experiences, like Shane's and like yours, and like uh, it, it's it's just uh, always it's always always cool to to talk to people that have had you know they're they're not they don't have any question anymore about whether or not they exist. They already know. So. Right. Um, we, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your um, encounter with us. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with 
Monster Extras before uh, we let you go? Well, nothing really, I guess. I just uh, I really appreciate y'all having me on. I, I am a fan of the show before it started. I, when I got uh, contacted to you know, maybe talk with y'all, I was, I was super excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I am a fan, and I think y'all are doing a great job. So, you know, as, as long as people are talking about it and and uh, there's places like this where people can talk about it and don't have to need to hide it or, you know, be ashamed of what they saw because of ridicule, as long as there's communities that have people like y'all that, that make people feel welcome, then I, I think it's a great thing. I mean, oh, wow. it's, yeah, that's we're we're all about like research and and um, sharing with people the uh, and these this is actually our first encounter show that we've done and we plan on doing more in the future because um, it's one of my like I said it's one of my favorite things and when Shane and I are talking I say man it'd be cool just to get some you know find some people that that will come on and and talk about their their experiences because. It it does. There's people, uh, other pe- people that, um, when people have experiences, a lot of times they they run into ridicule and and uh, and they're looking for somebody that will, you know, that they can talk to without being judged and and uh, right. share their encounters. So again, we yeah. we really appreciate you, Jamie, coming on and and uh, and sharing your your experience with us. Absolutely. So, um, okay. Thank well, you. Well, I, I appreciate y'all having me. I, I enjoyed it. Absolutely. So, thank you so much. Thank y'all. So that's another. I mean that that's another cool encounter to me. I mean, you know, when yeah. people talk when people talk about it and they're they're they don't you know they don't doesn't sound like they're embellishing it bigger than it is. I mean, he's driving along and and has no expectation about he wasn't out looking for Bigfoot. He he sees something moving, you know, and that kind of um the way he just described it, that that's oftentimes, you know, the, always the first thing that, that catches the human eye is what's his movement. So if it had been yeah. standing still he probably wouldn't have seen it. But or he would have gone by it and would have been standing still and he was like, what the hell was that? Right, but and these are reports a... that I, you know, um, I like because they're not out there. Uh, they're not well-known reports. We just get your average person doing your average thing, uh, sharing an, ab- you know, a report that they encountered as they saw it, and it was strange to them. And a lot of these people are seasoned hunters or uh, woodsmen or uh, whatever have you, and they share their encounter. And they're just, you know, I, I talk to most of these people beforehand. And they're just very honest, and they're, you know, uh, there's no definitiveness about it they're saying well what else could it be this is what i saw it's nothing i've ever experienced or seen before and uh here you go you know i mean those are the people i i really lean to as far as uh, credence you know as far as believability and it's phenomenal and um you know gunner we're gonna be doing a hop squatch event here come july where we are going to be hosting Hopsquatch, Guy Edwards Hopsquatch, because he's going to be out of town, and we're going to be hosting this Hopsquatch event where we're going to do a, like a town hall uh, sort of scenario where people can share their encounters. 
And I encourage those listening that are in the Portland area or just outside the Portland area where it's Washington or whatnot to attend uh, this venue and, and share your encounter. Um, you're going to be amongst um, skeptical people, and people, uh, fellow researchers, if you're a researcher, and inquisitive people. And it's going to be a positive venue where you just can come out and share your encounter. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I, and I would encourage anybody. I mean, if you've never share, had an opportunity to share your encounter with somebody, you know you've been afraid of being ridiculed or stuff, this is this is a great venue. I thought, you know, you're we're, you're among friends there. Um, it's a it's a safe environment, so to speak. Uh, and uh, like you said, now I just want if if uh, don't let the word get out to guy. He does, you know, he doesn't know we're taking over uh, Pop Squatch. He uh, <laughs> uh, he thinks he's safe, but uh, Monster X is coming in, and and uh, we're going to do a we're yeah we're <laughs> so. But yeah, no, I would encourage anybody who's who's can uh, get some to, to uh, hop squatch in the July hop squatch, which will be the third Sunday of July. And I am not looking at a calendar. I believe it is. It's the weekend right before uh, Beachfoot, actually. So I believe so. Uh, yeah, it is the twenty-first of uh, of. Uh, no, that's. I'm sorry. I'm looking at June. It is the 19th of July, so okay. um, I, I would encourage people to come out and, and join us and have a good time. Um, and uh, I, I'm looking, I, I'm looking forward to it. And I, I know that Shane is really amped up about it. He is uh, wants to show, uh, you know, guy has put his trust in us, and uh, we're we're going to do a good job for him. So, and it's always a great event, and. Uh, a lot of fun to get together with our uh, Bigfoot friends and, and talk Bigfoot. So and um, so come and join us in uh, in July at at Hosquatch, which is does take place at the Lucky Lab on Quimby in uh, in Portland, Oregon. So um, we'll po- we'll be posting information about it up in in on our uh, Facebook page and stuff. So. Um, Again, I'd like to thank our guests today, um, Jamie and Justin, for uh, coming and uh, sharing their encounters with us. Um, we'll be back next weekend with uh, Tyler Bounds, and Tyler is, has uh, spent time working with on the Finding Bigfoot show, and we'll find out what Tyler's up to. Uh, I've known Tyler for a long time. Great guy, loves Bigfooting, and... Uh, I hope you'll join us then next weekend on Sunday, uh, 4 p.m., Monster X. And uh, in between now, if you could swing by Squatch Coffee at www.squatchcoffee.com and and grab yourself some Squatch Coffee. All right, thanks all much for uh, joining us. Uh, We will see you next weekend. Keep it squatchy. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 